Welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. Bless the Lord at all times, and his praises shall continually be in my mouth. For this is the day that the Lord has made, and we are ready, rejoicing and being glad in it. I greet the remnant that is here serving this morning in compliance uh, with our orders that have been issued, and I greet all of those who are streaming live. I am glad to be here. And I want to lift up as a subject, as you heard a moment ago, flip. The script. Let us pray. Father God, we've come and we've sung the songs of Zion and we've donated our offerings unto you. And we now come to hear is there a word from the Lord. Now hide thy servant behind the cross and let thy people see all of thee and none of me. And let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Flip the script. It's urban slang, if you will means to change or reverse something dramatically. It can mean gaining control in a dialogue, like you're having a verbal argument with somebody and they're making points against you and then you flip the script and you use their points against them. Or it could be rappers, you know, back in the 80s, you know, uh, rappers used to battle, they may still do it, but I think I'm too old, I don't listen as much. But back in the day, they used to battle with their lyrics. Um, and they would uh, come in and they'd battle one person would say their lyrics and then uh, kind of throw it down and then the other person would get up and respond and they would try to flip the script and get the crowd on their side with their rhyme and talking about yours. Uh, and they try to flip the script. But flip the script can also mean to reverse course and to make a change and that's how I'm using it this morning. In the text, we see the Israelites have gathered, and the time is in between the Feast of Trumpets uh, and the Feast of Tabernacles. It's designed to be a time of atonement, kind of like our Lent, which we're going to talk about in a minute. They talk about how he chose Abram and brought him out of Ur and changed his name to Abraham. They discuss God's covenant with Abraham to give him the Israel, to give him and the Israelites the, the land of Canaan. They went on to talk about their afflictions when they were enslaved in Egypt and how God used signs and wonders um, to deliver them, to, to let Pharaoh deliver them, but then how Pharaoh changed his mind and they went to the Red Sea and they were blocked and God made a highway in the middle of the sea. They, they go through all of this, but then they also talk about how they pardoned their necks and did not hearken to God's commands and even appointed a captain and returned to bondage but God being merciful pardoned them. If we would have kept on reading, we would see a pattern that the Israelites develops with the Israelites. God blesses them and then they get comfortable and then they forsake God and he allows their enemies to overtake them and for them to fall on hard times and then they cry out unto God and they repent and change and then they do good times come again and they do the same thing. It's a pattern, but not a good pattern. Now, I think the Israelites are not by themselves. If we told the truth, we might make the observation that we too 
have a pattern at times where we forget God. Hmm, we make promises to God. We pray. We ask God to intervene in our situation. Have any of these prayers sound familiar? Lord, Lord, just help me to keep my job during this time. Lord, just help me to be able to pay the bills. Lord, just help me to be able to get along with my spouse. Lord, just help me to have my children behave. And God blesses us. And then after we get out of the crisis, we forget God. Or worse, we disobey God and do what he told us not to do or neglect what he told us to do. We have a pattern of disobedience. Mm, God sometimes allows us to fall into the hands of our enemy because of our pattern of disobedience so that we can return to God. This text and this sermon is suggesting that we flip the script, that we decide to stop the pattern of God blessing us and us forsaking God and being comfortable in that and sinning against God, but instead decide that we're going to stay with God all the time. The text has some help on how to flip the script. First, if you're going to flip the script, you must separate yourself with God. In verse 2, we see that the seed of Israel separated themselves from all strangers. Now, we are all busy, although a little less so now, uh, but we must have, uh, we, we typically are pretty busy. And when business as usual resumes, I'm sure we'll be back busy. And incidentally, I do believe this pandemic will get under control and we will resume to our work. But if we were to find out, we would find out that we are busy, too busy to be with God. But we need to separate ourselves and be with God. It would be good to find a place in your house that is your prayer closet. Not literally a closet, but a dedicated space where you daily go to separate yourself with God. Separate yourself. Separate yourself. I know there are people in the house, uh, but you can separate yourself nonetheless. I'm talking about separate yourself from texting and separate yourself from talking and separate yourself from watching TV and separate yourself from surfing on the web and separate yourself from podcasts. Just separate yourself and be with God. Matthew 6 and 6 tells us when you pray, Go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Revelations 3 and 20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. When we separate ourselves with God, we can hear from God. We can commune with God. In Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 43, the story of Mary and Martha is told. Jesus enters into a village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And Martha was busy. She was busy going about the house. Uh, she was busy getting everything ready, cleaning up, and cooking, and fixing it, and making it just so like she, you would want to do if Jesus was coming to your house. And Mary was not doing anything but sitting at the feet of Jesus. Well, Martha called an attitude. I think many of us would. You know, you invite people over to the house and then somebody just sitting there, not even trying to help, not even trying to act like they know there's some work to be done. They acting like they're a guest in the house. Um, and you, she got upset and she took her complaint to Jesus. She took her to complain to Jesus and she said, she complained, she said Jesus, her sister had left her to serve alone and would he not scold her and tell her to help? And Jesus answered, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one, and Mary has chosen what is better. 
and it will not be taken from her. But I, I don't really think that Martha is all alone in this thing. Before COVID-19, we were rushing. We were rushing to work and we were rushing home. We were rushing to the mall. We were rushing to drop off the kids at practice. We were rushing to get to concert. We were rushing to get to church. We were rushing here and rushing there, rushing, rushing to get our work done. We're still rushing even with COVID-19. We rushed to the store to get all the toilet paper so we don't let anybody else have any. And we rushed to the restaurant to order the biggest takeout order that we could ever. We still rushing. We rushed to put the Lysol and the Clorox all over the counters and the doorknobs just in case somebody might busy touch one, possibly touch one. We are rushing. But rather than rushing, how about separating ourselves with God? Yes, I know that we've been ordered to separate in place. The government has ordered that, and, and we should do that. But we need to separate ourselves with God. Hmm. Sheltering in place may or may not be peaceful, depending on who else lives in your household. Um, but when you separate yourself with God, you will always have peace. See, Austin Miles reminds us in the hymn in the garden, I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses. Um, and the wor words, voice I hear falling in my ear, the Son of God discloses, and he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. If you're going to flip the script and stay with God, you need to separate yourself with God, it will be life-changing. Secondly, if we're going to flip the script, we must confess our sins. In verse 2, the Israelites not only separated themselves, but they stood and confessed their sins and iniquities. That's just a big word for sins um, of their fathers. In the legal arena, y'all know that I practice law Monday through Friday, and in the legal arena, there's a little bit different take on confession in the legal arena. A guilty person would not likely confess uh, to the crime because they would then likely go to jail, and, or somebody who was in the civil arena who had done something wrong would not likely confess that they were negligent in, in conducting their business. They wouldn't confess because that would put them in a disadvantage criminally with conviction or civilly with a judgment against them, but God's ways are not our ways. God's ways are different. Over in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, God reminds us that my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. In 1 Corinthians 1 and 27, we see that God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God have chosen the weak things to confound the things that are mighty. So confession that in the regular world is a bad thing brings you freedom in the spiritual realm. Confession is good for your soul. In Proverbs 28 and 13, whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, but the one who confesses ah, and renounces them finds mercy. James 5 and 16, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for others so that they may be healed. The prayer of the righteous person is powerful and effective. Second Chronicles 7 and 14, we might even need to know this one right now. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will heal for here from heaven and will heal, forgive their sins and heal their land. Hmm. We are in the Lenten season. I know it almost got lost with all that's going on, but we are in the Lenten season. It began Ash Wednesday and it will go to just as we get to Easter. 
and some are fasting and some are giving up things to imitate Christ, his fast in the wilderness. And if you, when you have some time, when you, you got a little time now, when you have some time, go look at Matthew 4, 1 through 2. But the real purpose of Lent is to prepare ourselves for remembering the death and resurrection of Christ. The purposes of Lent is to provide that purification by weaning men, women, and children from sin, not necessarily from food, but from sin and from selfishness through self-denial and prayer by creating in them a desire to do God's will and to make his kingdom come first, come first in our hearts and then to others. So without con confession, there is no communion with God because there's a block. Mm, your iniquities, your sins will separate you from God. Um, he will hide his face from you when, you when you have sin. But if you confess your sins and repent, and all of us, let, let somebody think that they've been acting pretty good. Uh, the word would tell us over in Romans, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. It blocks you from God. Think back to, maybe I can give a different example that might make it easier to understand. Think back to when you were a child and you were supposed to do something or not do something as the case may be. Your parents gave you clear instructions. Don't go in this room or don't mess with this piece of furniture or don't uh, 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 take food in a certain part of the house. And then you did the wrong thing. You did the wrong thing and your mom and dad came back and they wanted to know what had happened and you presumed innocence. Or maybe I'll just talk about me. I say, I don't know. Who, who did this? I don't know. Don't know what happened. But then I'd go in my room and somehow down in my spirit, I couldn't sleep, I couldn't eat because it was just eating at me that I had not told the truth. Um, and I was feeling bad. I was worried about it. Was I going to get caught? Were they going to figure it out? What was going to happen? But then I would ultimately come in and confess. Now, there was still punishment. Hallelujah, you know Janet Bell. There was still punishment. Uh, but, but confession was liberating. It was liberating. It freed me from the bond of uh, of being bound by that sin. The same thing happens to us when we sin against God. God has told us what to do or told us what not to do and we sin against God and then we think we are hiding it. <laughs> hiding from God. That, that's just funny. Hiding it from God. Let's look at Adam and Eve. And over in Genesis 3, the serpent slithers in and he convinces Eve to disobey God, which she does and eats from the tree that she's not supposed to do. God made it real clear, gave them everything. God, has God ever made it clear to you, don't do certain things, give you everything, but don't do this one thing. And the one thing that God told us not to do is the very thing that we want to go do. Well, Eve did the same thing. She ate from the tree, and not only did she eat from the tree, she took it to her husband. How many of you know there are people around you that will steer you the wrong way, that will have you breaking God's law, that will encourage you to do the wrong thing? You need to get flip the script and get some other people around you who will encourage you to be obedient to God. But Adam and Eve ate from the tree, and then they knew they were naked and they were embarrassed and they sold fig leaves together and then they tried to, they heard God walking and they tried to hide from God. Hiding from God, hmm, interesting, hiding from God. You do know that God is present everywhere. You do know that God knows 
everything. So how in the world are we going to hide from God? It'd be like me trying to hide from you while like you, we're streaming live. You're watching me on, on the TV or on your computer. We're streaming. I can't hide. We can't hide from God. It doesn't work. We try to hide. We try to fail to tell him. We try to hide our bad thoughts. Mm. We try to hide our bad words. We try to hide our bad deeds. And then we come to church as if we've done nothing wrong. God knows. Just as our mothers knew that we had done the wrong thing, God already knows. So he, he is all-knowing. We need to go to him and confess our sins. First John 1 and 9 tells us if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us. Ah, cleansing, you'll feel a lot better when you get cleansed. You can't take enough showers to really clean up your mess. There's just not enough. You might smell a little better temporarily, um, but you haven't really cleaned up anything. Um, if we confess our sins to God, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Uh, we should confess our sins and run to God and be restored in relationship. But something else goes hand in hand with confession. That is repentance. Mm, what does that mean? You not only must confess, but you must repent. Repent comes from a Hebrew word meaning to turn away. You can't keep going doing the same sin after sin. If you really have confessed and if you're really sorry, you have to repent. You have to turn away from it. You have to decide that I'm going to make a change. Um, you've got to decide that, that I'm turning it around. And I'm going to break the change, the, the pattern of sinning against God, leaving God, and then asking for forgiveness and returning back to God. I'm going to break that pattern and flip the script. I really don't really understand why anybody would want to leave God anyway. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me why anybody would want to leave God. Why would you want to leave God? The praise team just let us telling you he's a way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. Why would you want to leave God? Somebody who's going to take care of you. Somebody who can do miracle after miracle. Somebody who can make a way out of no way. Somebody who can take care of all the problems in your life. Why in the world would you want to leave God? I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense to me. The <coughs> rest of that song says, even when you don't see it, he's working. Even when you don't feel it, he's working. Never stop. Never stop working. This week, Pastor Marvin Sapp was on Erica Campbell's Get Up Morning Show. You know what I listen to in the morning. And I want to borrow something that he said uh, while he was on the show. He said, could it be, could it be, could it be? that God knew you were so stressed and just couldn't take any time off and couldn't take it down a few notches so he allowed this pandemic to come so you could take some time off work and rest. Mm, could it be, could it be, could it be, could it be that your children were acting a fool in school and were about to get expelled that would forever change their lives and be a stain on their record and God allowed this pandemic to come in so that you could not, they wouldn't have any negative consequences and could continue on successfully in, in their life. Could it be, could it be, could it be that you were about to get downsized from your job and God caused this pandemic to put a pause and when we come back 
you know everything's going to be back ordered if you try to order Amazon they tell you it's going to be in May when they send it to you okay everything's going to be on back order and now when you come back there's going to be plenty of work so that you can keep working perhaps God allowed it so that you could get a blessing hmm we want to leave God we want to leave God hmm just doesn't make any sense to me why we would leave God because over in Romans 8 and 28 it tells us that all things work together for good now I know the pandemic is the pandemic is not good I get that I understand I don't think it's good either but the scripture tells us that all things work together for your good for them who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose all things work together even if you don't see it he's working Hmm. As most of you know, my family and I moved uh, in November of last year. And it was a planned move, but it went a little different. I first decided we were going to move. You know, I was thinking about this thing. Alyssa's in high school now, and uh, pretty soon she's going to be going off to college. And, uh, you know, daddy's 80, and I said, we're going to be wandering around in this big house by myself. I think we need to calm this thing down a little bit. So I put it on the market, put the house on the market. And I even went and picked out a new house and I was showing everybody new, this is gonna be my house, this is gonna be my room, and this is gonna be daddy's room, and this is and it was a beautiful house and it got it all set. We signed a contract, but the lawyer knew we better sign a contingent contract, making it contingent on selling the house. Now you know those of you who've been to the Bell Compound knew that it was near downtown Raleigh. That is prime real estate in Raleigh. Houses are selling. It had appreciated in value. People could barely get a house on the market and it would sell. And I put the house on the market in 18 and people came to see it, but it sat and it sat and it sat for six months. This house that's in the prime location in downtown Raleigh, priced just right at the right price, doesn't get a lot of traffic with people coming in and out, but it does not sell. Mm. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Mm. So I took the house off the market and I said, Lord, what are you saying? What are you saying? I thought I heard from you to begin with. And God said, I'm saying, wait. Wait. Even when I don't see it, you're working. The house that we had to buy they said, will you take away the contingency? I said, no. They said, then we're breaking the contract. So we broke the contract. And we lost that house. And uh, I was a little sad and a little embarrassed to tell you the truth because I had showed everybody the house. This is the house we're going to get. It's exciting. Send it to my friends and family, other places. And now the house is gone. We have no house. My house is off the market. And God says, wait. Hmm. Now, there's some legislation, legislation. You know that senators and representatives make the laws. Um, and they had made a law that I had heard about, but I really had, wasn't really know all the details, where they were going to create three new judgeships in Wake County. Three new judgeships, meaning nobody's in them now, but they're going to create three new ones. Two of them were going to be on the western side of town, like Holly Springs, Fuqua, Verena, and even coming to Garner, but not in the place where the house that we lost was at. Hmm. One of them was going to be in the eastern side of Raleigh, in Wake County, in uh, East Raleigh, a little bit of Northeast Raleigh, a little bit of Southeast Raleigh, uh, Nightdale, Wendell, Zebulon. That's one of them. And the other two were 
on the other side of town. Now, those of you who know me know that it's been my dream for some time to be a judge. And I have been considered by several of North Carolina's governors. They've considered whether they wanted to appoint me to a position, but it was not my season. And that was very disappointing to me. But when I heard about these judgeships and heard where they were and saw that where this house was that we now lost would have put me outside of the district to be able to run for judge, I think I got a glimpse of what God might be doing. I think I got a glimpse, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. Never stop, never stop working. Well, you know the rest of the story. In December, I put my name on the ballot and many of you came out, bless you, and worked early voting, and we, I went everywhere. I was traveling all the time. Daddy and Alyssa didn't see me very much. I was gone, always going, showing up at a meeting, showing up somewhere. And on March 3rd, about 11.30 or 11.40, we had ended the watch party, and I was at my house with the computer hitting refresh, refresh, and refresh. Uh, to see waiting for all of those districts to get reported and I'll have you know that when all those districts got reported I had one hallelujah <laughs> gonna be judge bell ah. and I, I meant oh I gotta go back go back I go back about the house gotta go back about the house I forgot that part got excited sorry the house had taken it off the market and God said wait and then in due season, we put it back on the market and it sold fairly quickly. So quickly, we didn't even have a house to go to. <laughs> we sold the house and the people wanted to get in there. And so we were going to let them get in there, but we had nowhere to go. So we started looking. So you know where I looked, didn't I? I looked over in that district where this new judgeship was and found a beautiful house that we love, that was the right price. And God worked it out so we could come together. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. Never stop, never stop working. God is working even when it doesn't feel right. I was pretty dejected. I was upset about this thing. And God was working and I had to just wait on God. You, why would you want to leave God when he's always working? working on your behalf. You need to flip the script and stay with God. Third, if you're going to flip the script, you have to worship. You got to worship and to some extent I am preaching to the choir because all of you have tuned in online to worship and those who are here and have come to worship corporately but I'm not talking about corporate worship corporate worship is good don't don't miss what I'm saying but I'm talking about your personal worship of God your personal reverence and awe of God the first thing that happens when you begin to truly worship God is you forget about yourself and you concentrate on him and you worship when you are truly worshiping God it is not limited to reading it is not limited to reflecting it is not limited to shouting it is not limited to crying you just forget about yourself and take on God's agenda and worship Maybe I can borrow another song. Casey J sings the song, I'm Yours. The lyrics say, your song flows through my lips. Your work moves through my hands. Your thoughts stay on my mind, live in me. Your song flows through my lips. 
Your work moves through my hands. Your thoughts stay on my mind, live in me. You can have all of me, have all of me. I'm yours. I'm talking about worship. Then it says, God, your words, my mouth. Your thoughts, my mind, your love, my heart. God hears all of me. She's talking about worship. When you give God all of you, when you give him your time, when you give him your agenda, when you give him everything you've got, you are worshiping. You are recognizing that there is one true and living God and he is worthy of all worship, all honor, and all praise. You are forgetting about yourself and concentrating on him and worship. It'll make you go in your supply, in your class and take out some toilet paper and take it over to your neighbor. It'll make you go to the grocery store where you don't even have money from anybody else and pick up their groceries and drop it off on them. It'll make you pick up the phone and call on somebody and say, how are you? I have you on my mind. I'm praying for you. I want to encourage you. It'll make you send a good text that just says God's got this. Don't worry. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. just worship God. Just put down your agenda and worship God. Let him move through you. Let him use you. Just give yourself over to worshiping God. And it's just awesome. I, I, I just don't even know why you wouldn't do it. You should worship God. Demonstrate your worship to God, not by what you say, but by your actions. Now, the celebration of this text and of flipping the script is if you will separate yourself from God, confess your sins and worship him, it is a benefit to you because he will have mercy and will forgive you. Forgiveness, you know, when you have wronged somebody, it's good if they can forgive you. But it's even better than if God can forgive you. You know why? Because not only does it have, uh, it has, first off, eternal consequences, as in when you die, you don't really die. That's why we don't grieve like those who have no hope. We know that the end of this earthly life is going to be with God. So if you have been with God and are worshiping him and are asking for forgiveness for your sins, you can eternally be with God. But you don't even have to wait for the benefits. You know, we want, you know, we kind of short-sighted. We want to know what, what have you done right now, God? We kind of right now sort of people you know we like to microwave stuff because we can't wait for the oven to heat up and we we, we like to get it quick um, we, we want to send a text we nobody even writes a letter anymore I still write some letters on occasion and send it we don't want to wait for anything well God's got some right now blessings for you he will give you a peace that passive all understanding. I know that COVID-19 is a serious thing and I don't want it, but I know a God who's bigger than that, who can protect me, who can do exceedingly abundantly above all that I can ask or think. I know that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I know that there's nothing too hard for God, not even healing this, this dreaded disease. God can work it out. Jesus came that we might have life, and have it more abundantly. If we flip the script and stop the pattern of leaving God, indeed we will have life and have it more abundantly. You won't be laying awake at night worried about what's gonna happen. You'll go to rest. No, God's got this. He's up, I can go to sleep. Um, God never sleeps nor slumbers. He is taking care of us. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, nor has it entered into the hearts of men the things that God has prepared 
for those who love him. Flip the script. Today, if you do not know Jesus in the pardon of your sins, we give you Jesus. You don't have to be here at the church. You can find Jesus right where you are in your living room or in your bedroom or in your car, wherever you may be. If you want to know Jesus, you can come right now. You can come. I'm extending an invitation to come to Jesus. If you want to come, you can pray right now where you are. You can say, God, I am a sinner and I want to be saved. I believe you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. And I believe that he arose on the third day when you raised him from the dead. I believe he is Lord and I want him to come and save me. Come into my heart today. If you'll pray that prayer, you will be saved. Not because I say so, but because God says so. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he raised him from the dead, you will be saved. www.pgc-carry.org